Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about property cycles. Now, this is one of the most uh, talked about things, about where different pla- uh, where different regions are in the property cycle. Now, what we do know is that if you look historically at house prices, they tend to move in cycles. They go through boom periods, they go through, I wouldn't say bust periods, but they'd go on slightly declining periods, uh, and they go through flat periods. Uh, and this does tend to happen over time. Now, often within property investment, you'll hear people trying to time the market to say, oh, I think this is when Auckland is going to boom, so I'm going to buy buy now, and then I'm going to sell at the top, you know, buy low, sell high. But <laughs> the often thing we we say is that they're very, very difficult to predict, but there are some factors. Now, what I really want to talk about is sometimes when you when you hear people talk about property investment is they think it's they talk about visualizing it like a clock. Uh, and that the the market is hottest at twelve o'clock, and then it's going to go down, and it's stop going to stop at six o'clock, and then it's going to come back up like it's a circle. Now, the reason I don't like this visualization, if you can just visualize the clock with the pendulum going, you can't going read a clock. Uh, is is not I can read a clock, though I have to use a digital watch um, <laughs> on my iPhone. But it's that the, the it, um, if property prices go from 6 to 12 o'clock, they never come back down or they frequently do not go down to 6 o'clock uh, again. The way, and, and I always, whenever I hear this analogy, I, I want to show them the graph of New Zealand house prices by region. Because if you were to look at the median house price by region, it is it never goes like uh, what what I'd say a sine curve where it goes up and then it goes down to the same price. It doesn't go from a hundred grand to five hundred grand back to a hundred grand. The way property cycles tend to move in New Zealand, or at least median house prices, is that they'll start at a point, they will they will increase for three to four years, and it will the market will go really hot for three to four years, and you'll see a major spike. Then you'll start to see it it capping out and then slowly decreasing by a little bit, and it will flatten out, but it will only ever go down by, a, by you know, say, 4%, and then it will stay that way for six years or so, then it will spike again, and we'll see another three- to four-year period of immense growth. So it, it, it doesn't go, it's not so up and down. It's up, come back a little bit, flattens out, and then increases again. And if you were to look at more or less any of the regions, I would say except the West Coast. West Coast is a very different region in New Zealand because it's the only region where you've got declining uh, declining industry and declining population growth. Everywhere else, uh, you will see these these frequent cycles. And I think it's so important that, that, that people uh, look at these graphs and, and think about how cycles tend to work in New Zealand. Um, but before I launch into my next point, Andrew, do you want to jump in here and give us your thought about property cycles? Yeah, just one thing about, um, that always amazes me. Um, about just the mentality of people uh, when when they're looking at property investment is uh, is the fact that everyone is an expert and can um, predict the future, um, and yet usually that that prediction is based on what everyone else is doing, which is such a dangerous way to invest. Uh, and look, I'm very very good at this. I would never tell you that I can tell you what the market's going to do tomorrow because I can't. Something drastic could change, like a September 11 type event. Um, uh, there might be something like an earthquake in Christchurch, <laughs> as if. Uh, uh, you know, you can have anything that all of a sudden changes a market. And so um, what one of my key things to clients is is that you should diversify. You need to be thinking about kind of, um, you know, if this is a long-term wealth creation tool for you, uh, like it is for a lot of clients, then... What am I going to do if 
when I get to retirement and I start to need some money, I've bought everything in one area and it's all flat. Um, and, you know, you can sell in a flat market and you might have made some money, but that might be the worst time. Even if you've made some money, you might be sacrificing future capital growth or a correction upwards. So this is where if you've got, if you've got you know, 10 properties scattered around the country, or maybe internationally as well, um, that you can kind of, you don't have to be a fortune teller. You don't have to be able to read minds. You predict the future. You just need to be able to have a diverse portfolio so that you can release equity at the right time. And the other thing that I'll say is that I think this idea of boom and bust cycles uh, in property markets, which I, I need to reinforce is completely false, they, they, they tend to boom and flatten, uh, slightly decline but flatten, um, is that it comes from the economic uh, uh, model that we, we think of of boom and bust, we will have recessions. Well, we have that in the wider economy, but we we do not see, and we have not seen in the real life data this come through into the property market. And so, it, you know, this economic logic uh, or, or this thing that that this mantra we hear from from taxi drivers, and when we're talking <laughs> to people, buy low, sell high. You know, that that works um, for shares where. Real recessions happen and the share market goes down and then it recovers a lot. But that does not happen in property. Um, when I was analysing the data in preparation for this podcast, I looked at the Auckland market and at the last the last couple of booms. And what tends to happen is at the top of the boom, the market might go up 99% and then it'll come back by 4%. Uh, over six years before the next boom. And even if we look at, at, at Auckland over the last uh, couple of years where it has peaked and it's come back a little bit, it hasn't crashed by 20%. It's gone down by maybe 20 grand uh, from 850 to 830k in terms of median house price. And now we're starting to see it recover. Now we might not see it uh, recover into a full boom, uh, but at some point we will see a spike again over the next four or five years. Um, and so, it, we, you know, you can't necessarily time the property market in this way because you can't buy low. Buying low doesn't exist um, if in the general market. You can buy low on specific properties, but you can't buy low on the market because the market never retracts that far. That's right. And it's interesting because I've been doing this uh, long enough to have seen um, some serious downturns in markets. And it's interesting because... The newspaper articles around that time would scare the living bejesus out of you. It makes you want to sell everything. And that's the worst thing you can do in a downtime. Because as soon as you sell, uh, you you crystallise those losses. You make those real. Um, and again, even if it's a, it isn't a loss, um, it's a loss on future gains. And and holding holding even the, even the worst property over another 20-year period you'll see some increases uh, just purely because supply and demand. Um, and take Auckland, for example. So Auckland, as, as we know right now, uh, we did see a bit of a decline, a bit of a correction, and then we saw a flattening out. And I said it'll probably take a couple of years to recover. Well, just so you know, I don't have that crystal ball. We're already starting to see that recovery. And I tell you what what I believe has caused it is the drastic lowering of interest rates. All of a sudden, it's very affordable again for people. And that affordability in the credit market is what drives the market. So, so finance and credit is what drives a property market. And so interest rates coming down has made it more affordable. I believe we will see a quite a big recovery next year. 
uh, as early as, as 2020, which which is two years earlier than I originally predicted. And look, this brings to mind a, a famous quote. I actually had to look up who this was because I thought it was um, I thought it was someone different. So um, Robert G. Allen uh, has a quote which is, "Don't wait to buy property." buy property and wait. And I think that's the key message uh, when it comes to property investment. People uh, go out there and they agonise over what the market's doing and they try and beat the market and cheat the system. The The most successful property investors I know are the ones that are just crazy enough to do it. And they sit on it and wait. I remember actually um, going back a long, long time ago when I started uh, in this industry probably about 15, 16 years ago, and I dealt with these people and um, they were crazy. Uh, and um, <laughs> and uh, like loveliest people in the world, but they were crazy. And um, they, they were just normal New Zealand family uh, who had just gone out there and started buying property. And the reason, I remember talking to them because I was so in awe of what they'd accomplished on just normal incomes, and he said, oh, someone said it was a good idea, read a book, and then started buying properties. And like then he got like 15 properties, literally. And um, and the money that they'd made, just from kind of um, not even considering anything anything else once they started doing it, they didn't, you know, read the paper and get panicked about, you know, the fact that some guy at Stuff who's never bought a property in his life was telling them that properties would drop by 40%. He just sat on them. And, and that guy would be retired today and, and like he's 50. So amazing. And the, uh, I just want to reinforce two, two points. First of all, the property market, the cycles in a property market are not the same as economic cycles in a share market. They, they work very, very differently. And this leads into my second point, which is look at the data. If you do nothing else, go to interest.co.nz, interest.co.nz, and look at some of the charts around how the median house prices in different regions have moved over time. And you will see that flattening out, that growth the flattening out, the growth again, because it has happened over the last 27 years of what, from which the Real Estate Institute of New Zealand has started uh, actually capturing data. Um, and, and then you will start to, it becomes really obvious about how property cycles tend to work. And with the reason we were keen to record this episode was uh, to expand upon the previous episode where we talked about case studies, where we had the property in Rolleston that, that had grown uh, 20 grand over, over six years. And, you know, sure, that, that does doesn't meet the flat line of 5% a year growth uh, that we used to forecast on, but that's, again, the long-term growth rate. You will never see that um, happening in a linear fashion in property. Now, over the last couple of episodes as well, I've said that we'd read out a review at the end, um, and I'm determined to do that in this one. Um, so I really want to appreciate the people who have left reviews, and uh, one of the ones that we have received from Mike Beck uh, late in October, late in October, thanks Mike for listening, he said, great quality advice and marketing insight, it's a five-star review, and he said, I've listened to the full backlog in a few days, the insights are fantastic and well-reasoned, not afraid from depending, uh, defending their views and acknowledging opposition views, I particularly love that one. Uh, great range of topics, uh, most useful for investing. Guys, I'd love it if you could comment on the pros slash cons of investing in different price brackets, 400 to 600k versus 700 to a million dollars in a portfolio. Economic factors to consider when investing in different price brackets, long term for growth. Cheers. Mike, we're going to do that. I, I hadn't read your review before I started reading <laughs> it out. So we will definitely... 
talk about this in a future episode, maybe not in this recording session, because we'll go and pull some data and uh, try and give you some more of these well-reasoned arguments. Sorry, just one correction there. I just looked up that client's age. He's 62. He's not 50 at all. I just suddenly realised I'm a lot older than I think I am sometimes. <laughs> and, and Jerry, if you're listening, you look good for your age. <laughs> hey, and don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. I want to read out lots of reviews on, on the show to finish off um, to, to build that sense of community as well. But let's bring in that outro music. Hey, thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Edward Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insight to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.